0: Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello everybody. And welcome back to the big dreams, great teams podcast. Today I've invited Shauna Vassell onto the podcast to talk about simple ways to create systems and processes that actually work in your business. Shauna is an executive and leadership coach and like me, she helps business owners, directors and business leaders to build high-performing teams. She also consults to businesses on operational and change management and we all know how much effort it takes to clean up and get the operations side of your business running like a well-oiled machine and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So Shauna and I met a little while ago, she interviewed me for her podcast and when when we were chatting she shared some really interesting insights into simplifying the way you can think about creating systems in your business. So that's what we're going to be diving into today. Listen up, because this is going to be super practical and powerful. Let's dive in. A very big, warm welcome to you, Shauna. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And Shauna is joining us all the way from Canada, which is super exciting as well. Well, let's dive straight in. Can you start by telling us a little bit about, you know, the consulting work you do and how you help businesses? So
1: the work that I do, and you kind of mentioned it, so I do work on the executive coaching piece of it. But part of that is it extends into helping the leaders to actually operationalize a lot of the strategy pieces that they have in place. And a lot of that looks like if there is a big change on the horizon, they might ask for support in terms of. How do I implement a change strategy? Can we talk about what those change impacts would look like? What would that mean for my team? So what I would do is go in and do a bit of an assessment, work with the team, get a good sense of what the leadership structure looks like, and if there is the capability or capacity and what's kind of missing in the grand scheme of things and help them to do a little bit of a risk assessment on what the change looks like and how they can move forward with it. So from a consultant perspective, I do that. And in some cases, depending on how big it is or how small the company is, in some cases, I might even go in and do subcontracting to help them with working with the team to at least help them with the implementation pieces.
0: Amazing. And you've also got your own little entrepreneurial business yourself, don't you? A home decor business, is it?
1: Yes, I do. So I actually I co-founded it with my sister. So my sister handles a lot of she is deemed the CEO. I do a lot of the operational things. And I was telling you earlier, we're kind of a yin and yang because there are lots of things that she does that I could never even dream about because a lot of it relies on her creativity to really bring the brand to life.
0: Love that. And the reason I guess I asked specifically about that and I love to let my audience know and everybody listening is that you're coming from that place of going into businesses of all different sh- shapes and sizes and consulting to them. But then you've also got your own bricks and mortar business that you are implementing the same sort of strategies at a different sort of size. And, and I think that's really insightful. And I think that's really important for people to hear. It's like, you know, these concepts apply in every business that you're in. So let's dive in. Why do you think entrepreneurs and business owners find creating systems and processes overwhelming?
1: So usually when you find it overwhelming, it's usually because you either don't know what to do with it, or it makes you very nervous when it comes to putting systems in place because you're not really a structure type person. I find that a lot with creatives. Or you confuse systems with tech for the most part. So a lot of people think systems is the same thing as tech, and it's not the same thing. What systems are is is essentially a piece of your process that actually helps you to become more consistent. And I work in different size companies, but when you apply that, it's all the same foundational pieces that you're applying across the board. The only thing that's different is the size in. So are we going to do it at an incremental stage? Are we going to do it at a large scale? Are we going to do it more of a medium stage? But what are the features? What are the changes? What are the big pieces to this. And in larger scale organizations, there's just more complexity, because there's more to do. And when you look at a smaller company, a lot of times the challenges are similar, but it just is a smaller scale. And you have to apply different strategies to it because of the size of it. So you have to kind of take a different approach to the implementation. When you think of systems, a lot of people just don't understand what is a system. A system really is about putting things in place that create that consistency in the outcome that you're looking for. So when you look at why people become overwhelmed with it, it's because it's just not really clear on what is a system overall and how to then plug the holes to then create the outcome that they're looking for.
0: Mm, I love that definition that you just said. So a system is what you need to put in place to get consistency. And I think as for for many, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners that I meet, it's almost sometimes being consistent or being asked to be consistent or thinking in a consistent way in itself might even be a challenge. And then as you touched on as well, like if your brain doesn't like to drop down into the details, then it can feel confusing. But I love the simplicity around that. What needs to happen for you to be consistent or for your business to be consistent or for your clients to get a consistent experience, thinking of a system like that. So in your opinion, do you have sort of a clear definition or difference between a system versus a process?
1: So say if you look at an umbrella and you look at the umbrella as like a case in, and then you're saying underneath it all, I need to create a system that takes me from one piece to the other piece. And if you think of the umbrella, you can only fit three people under it. You drop in three bricks into that umbrella if it's open and you're saying, okay, step one, step two, step three. That will be my process within this system, this case in. And that's going to give me that outcome that I'm looking for, i.e. not having the rain fall on me. But realistically, when you think of a process, it's really just the activities that need to happen concurrently to get the consistent results that you're looking for. And the system is almost like your case in to bring you there.
0: Love that. So I guess that's a beautiful way to start to think of it. A system is like the umbrella and the process is, is sort of the big steps. Is that, is that your method of sort of teaching or trying to strip away some of the overwhelm for leaders when they start to think about actually creating systems in their own business?
1: Yes, because a lot of times the first step when you think of system is like, oh, well, what do I have to do in order to get from point A to point B? Because the system is really just what are some of the tasks or the activities that need to be done grouped into subcategories to then get you to point B? And if you look at it, a lot of businesses don't have systems because the systems that are in place are really just a bunch of things that they do, but they have no way to say, okay, well, if I do order entry or I receive an order, what are all the processes under that? There's all these tasks, but under that there's little segways of tasks that has to be done that lines up to complete this one part of the process that needs to be done, which is that gear, that system. What's the bigger picture when you think of that?
0: Okay, so let's say that somebody's been in business, you know, for a couple of years. They might have some people working for them, but everything's feeling a little bit haphazard. So their operations is feeling a little bit haphazard. And someone says to them, you need to put some systems in place. Where do they start? And how can they not think of this as a big, overwhelming, challenging thing to try and sort out?
1: So when you're thinking about where do you start, I always say, start off with the small things. And I always refer back to my lean principles with this, because the first thing I look at is, okay, what is the voice of the customer? What's the customer needs? What are we trying to achieve? And then I look at the voice of the business. What are the strategies, the strategic objectives? What are some of the things that the business want to achieve from a goal perspective, the vision, all that stuff? And then I look at the voice of the process, right? Because the voice of the process realistically is then looking at how much variations do you have in all your process pieces, because that's going to tell you a bigger picture to say, are you meeting your goals? Are you meeting the needs of your customer? Because say, for instance, you have a problem statement and you, look at a problem statement and say, well, I'm supposed to have my customers orders delivered in two days, but it's taken 10 days. So if we go back to that umbrella example, and our system is pretty much to execute on that order, when you got the order, how long did it take you to fulfill that order? And how long did it take to ship? And then when you start looking at that, you can start looking at how much of that process is out of alignment with what you're looking for, because your customer is thinking it's going to get there in two days. They got it in 10. So when you see that variation, you're not meeting your customer need. You're also not meeting your business objective because you're probably costing more money because somewhere down the line, there is a variation. So you must be either costing you more or costing you more in time. So you have to look at what part of the three pieces or three blocks are creating that friction or creating that misalignment. When you look at it from those angles, that's when you can start looking at, okay, what am I missing? What's the problem? What's the ideal state? And where's the gap? And if someone's overwhelmed, that's the first thing that you need to look at. If you were to break it down, what's the current state? What is my ideal state? Where's the fallout? And break it down in little tiny steps. Okay, this didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? Did you package it in the way that it was supposed to? Are all the labels in place? And if you do the process of elimination, you start identifying the areas that might have some variation within the process. But it will all start from your customer need. And your customer will say, well, I wanted it two days ago, which means I'm not happy. And this is where some of your NPS scores will start showing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if if you're listening to this and you're sitting there thinking, I don't have any systems and processes and I don't know where to start. What I actually heard you saying as well is you do already have some processes in place because you're doing the things. So first write down the things you're doing and think about the beginning of the journey with the customer or the client, and then think about the end of the journey and then list out everything that you're doing in between. And if it's not working as well as what you'd like it to, then look at the key parts, the key leaps, you know, the three parts under the umbrella, and look for well, where is our process being varied? Where are we not doing the same thing consistently to find the things that are potentially breaking? And you touched on NSP. Would you like to share what that means for everybody listening? Oh,
1: the NPS, the Net Promoter Score? Yeah. So it's just the way of measuring your customer satisfaction. And it could mean really anything that would be beneficial to your organization, but then it goes back to your business objective and what you're looking to achieve.
0: Mm, Love that. And so you said the part of the, the lean principles that you draw on is the customer's voice. So what are we trying to deliver? The business voice, what are our goals? and the voice of the process. So what do we think we're doing and where is there a variation to that each time we're doing it?
1: Exactly. And a big part of uh, when you're going into taking a bird's-eye view of your process is looking at um, what's working and what's not. I think that's a huge part of what we don't spend a lot of time doing and a lot of times it's either we're not going back to reevaluate our process to see if it still fits where we're going Because, and I'll give you an example. So I worked with a mid-sized company and they grew over the pandemic so much that they grew out of their process. So what was happening was they had a lot of things in place, but it wasn't working based on the current volume that they had and the current people that they had. Because they're growing so fast, they can't pull everything down and say, let's start all over and do it all over again, We had to look at, okay, what are the small wins that we can do? What are the areas that would actually be value added if we make changes? You always look at, okay, what part of what you're doing actually matters to the person on the end? And if it's not adding any value, can we get rid of it? Because a lot of it is going to be just redundancy. It's going to either create downtime. It's either going to cause you to have issues later in terms of rework because you either have too many touch points or you have too little or there's too much time in between. What is it that we can shave down as we go through the process? What are the areas that are important to the overall business vision? What are you trying to achieve for this year? Okay, and what stakeholder is does that matter to? And then we narrowed it down to, okay, so now that we know that this is a particular customer that you want to focus on, what matters to this customer? And we asked by giving them a survey. We looked at, okay, based on what they identified as being really, really important to them, what part of the process um, is directly linked or tied back to this? And then based on that identification, we looked at, okay, who's on the team that has some capacity that can then work with us to strip out the areas within the process and look at the process for what it is and see if there's areas that we can improve. And throughout that exercise, we kind of broke it into three areas. What can be replaced, what can stay the same, and what can be improved? Maybe we can cut this time down, or maybe we can implement a technology that you don't have to manually update this file. It can send it automatically so there's less touch points, and then we can retool you to try something else and put you in a different department. So we looked at so many different things, and our measure of success was how happy that customer was. And that's where those NPS would come in because those are some of the ways to measure customer satisfaction.
0: So interesting because as we grow, we do have to just look at and review, well, what got us here? Is that what's right at this level and to get to the next stage? And often we attach ourselves to activities or, you know, things that have been done by people in the past, which actually not that important to our customers. So I loved that you started to talk about that. Actually, what's important to them? What do we need to hold on to? What do we need to let go of? And, you know, how can we sort of streamline these things along the way?
1: And a lot of times, you know, the first response is always, let's implement a system. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you need. It could just mean that you can enhance a system you have without replacing it. But a lot of people think, I need to implement a system and system mean and technology in order to get to that next step. But a lot of times it depends on where you are. You might already have a scalable technology, but you just need to apply more of a consistency in your process so that you can build on it for the next time. Because you're trying to also replace pieces within your business so that you can create reproducible outcomes every single time. And that's a consistency that we're looking for.
0: So you're saying, look for where you can be more consistent. Don't jump to a technology solution too fast, because that may not actually be helpful. And focus on what does the end customer, the end client actually emphasize or where do they place their importance?
1: Yeah. And even for you as a business, where do you want to grow? Because if you look at the areas within your business and you say to yourself, well, this is what I'm looking to do. This is the outcome I'm looking for. Like, what are some of the core pieces that are going to affect the transition to a scalable model? And a lot of times the first thing that we think of, let's grow. But a, a lot of times it's like, okay, not grow. Think about how can you continuously improve and build on incremental change rather than jump into growth mode. Because growth mode means a lot more innovation, a lot more money, a lot more resources, and that requires a lot more training, a lot more capacity, a lot more time on your end, a different strategy, and also possibly a different approach to how you acquire customers and retain customers. So there's a lot more to just growing as opposed to if you take incremental steps.
0: And it's, it's much easier to think about just the next incremental step, isn't it, as opposed to that big growth leap? that everyone seems to talk about on socials.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you learn more. But what it really means is like, let me do an example of what I want. Let's try it out. Let's see how it fares. And then I make the big leap. But one of the best ways to do is work with what you have and see where the deltas are, where the areas that you can focus on. But at the same time, asking your customer, like if I was to do X, what would that mean for you? Like, How would this make the experience different for you? What do you want to see? What do you want us to look like in the future as well? Because that could also affect what kind of growth you do or what kind of changes you implement.
0: You said you made a comment before about outgrowing your processes. Is there some signs that people listening can look out for to think, oh, maybe that's us, maybe we've outgrown our processes and we need to go and have a look at what worked then and whether it's working now?
1: So I would always say when you're at the stage where – the amount of control you have on the work that's being done feels like you can no longer control it. So that would look like either you're getting more complaints, you're either having more lead time, your team members looking burnt out. There's a couple of symptoms that you can look for. And that will tell you that something is off. Because if you're having team members that are burnt out, it means that there's a volume issue, which means that's, from an input perspective, there's too much coming in, and they can't handle it. Because if they used to be able to, something's happened and something's changed. Now, the question is, how can you manage the input? Because something at the top is creating a bottleneck now. Maybe it's a team issue, maybe you need more people. But if you feel you need more people, maybe the question is, can I find a way to improve some of the mundane things that are non-value added instead of adding people? Because one of the things that the first instinct is to add people, but it's not a sustainable option. And you can see it now with some of the layoffs. A lot of times they add people without having a real people plan. And then when you finally get to that stream, you streamline everything, you realize, oh, I didn't need this many people. But if you think about my people feel burnt out, what is going on there? Is there a way that I can triage things? Let me start there. And then when you look at the process, then you look like, okay, now that I've triaged it and I know kind of what's coming in, I have a count of the volume, I can measure it. Maybe you need specialized people to come in to do specific type of work like automation or to help you with the process improvement pieces, as opposed to just throwing bodies at it to say, okay, I need people to help me with pushing orders through because that's only a short term solution because that's not going to be scalable gosh
0: so many nuggets of wisdom so many interesting things that you have shared today for us to think about and so I guess just to recap when you're thinking of a system think of it as the umbrella with the three sort of prongs and think of you know point a to point b and what are the things that need to happen to get you there know that you've already got processes in place in your business so maybe the first step is actually writing out what everybody's currently doing putting it in some sort of audit and if you start to feel like you're losing control or maybe your, your team seems burnt out or, you know, the, your customers aren't as happy as what they once were, then have a look at what parts of the process either need to be removed, automated, or somehow streamlined. So much good stuff today. Thank you so much, Shauna. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up as far as, you know, some wisdom or some tips that you'd like to leave people with? I think the
1: only thing I would say is... Um... When you're thinking of the process and if you feel overwhelmed, if it's something that is not in your wheelhouse, get someone who can help you with it. Sit with someone who can help you to understand the process. I think it's important to think of the operational pieces as the lifeline to everything. It has its tentacles in so many parts of your business. And while everybody might say, "Okay, you have to market, you have to do sales, your operations is what it's the tree trunk of all of those branches. And if one of the big things that you have to do is really understand what that tree trunk looks like, so that you can make sure that you're in a good place to scale any business that you have or to grow your business. Because what I see all the time is everybody will start grow, 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 and have no idea of the risk that is behind the operational pieces, because they haven't, taken a chance to look underneath it to figure out, do we even have the capability or the capacity to do this stuff? Because if you did look underneath it, you would grow at a more incremental level or you would grow in parallel to add in people as you add resources or you add new lines of business. So that would be one of the things that I would say, don't miss out on the opportunity to ask for help. And also to look at your operational pieces and make sure you understand them.
0: Mm, love that. Love that tree trunk analogy. Thank you. So, where can everybody come and hear from you, join your world, and learn more?
1: So, like you said, I have a podcast, a Scale to Grow podcast. And I called it Scale to Grow because, again, I believe in incremental growth, always continuous improvement, and then move into growth stage. And then you can do another scale So, I think that's the cycle that I like to keep. So you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, and all your streaming apps. But you can also find me at www.concave.com.
0: Amazing. We'll put all those links in the show notes so you can really easily find Shauna. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. I appreciate you so much and everything that you've shared.